Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hopefully Sustainable Couples Edition. Today, we are talking about the intersection of relationships and sustainability. This was a super fun episode to record, and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. I think that no matter whether you are in a relationship yourself or you are single, I think that everyone can take something away from this episode. There is lots of great advice whether you are in a relationship yourself or if you have roommates or even if you live with your family. So first, I am introducing you all to Carolyn and Yair, who first met during an internship in Savannah, Georgia. They are going to discuss how sustainability impacts their decision-making as a couple and how it's going to be a factor when it comes to where they want to settle down together and where they potentially want to raise a family. Additionally, one of the really interesting parts of our conversation was related to how they both honor each other's cultural differences when it comes to sustainability. Then I am going to speak with Julia Campbell, who has been with her partner Connor for 10 years. Julia and Connor recently moved in together, and Julia is the one in the relationship who came in with the passion for sustainability. So she is going to give a lot of really great advice on how to compromise and maybe lovingly convince a partner to be more sustainable. Next, I am going to introduce you to Mackenzie and Ethan, who have been together for eight years and are located in Atlanta, Georgia. While Mackenzie and Ethan find different ways to incorporate sustainability into their lives, they are going to talk about how they make sure that they are sustainable in a super fun way and how they bring fun into the relationship, even when sustainability can sometimes be challenging. Then finally, I am going to introduce you to Kat Scheich, who is married to her partner Noah. Both Kat and Noah work in the sustainability field, and they do a really good job of bringing sustainability into their personal lives, whether it's biking to church or composting. So whether you are in a relationship, live with roommates, or live with your family, each couple is going to provide some really great advice on how sustainability can fit into a variety of lifestyles. Also, if you are trying to convince a partner, roomie, or family member to be more sustainable, each couple shares some really great examples from their own lives of how to navigate those conversations. So again, I had so much fun recording this episode. It was great to meet some of my friends' partners and hear about all of their different relationships and how they are incorporating sustainability into their personal lives when it comes to sharing your lifestyles with a partner. Now, let's get started. Carolyn and Yair, thank you so much for being here today. 
Some of you may recognize Carolyn. She was on the past episode and talked about her amazing experience in her graduate program at Georgia Tech. But today she is joined by her boyfriend. So go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell us maybe how you met and where you both are located. I can start off. Um, I'm Carolyn. Uh, Yair and I have been together for three and a half years. Um, and we met actually, so I should say I'm from California and he is in Texas. Um, and we actually met in Georgia. And now I live in Georgia, but uh, we met during a summer internship where we were both studying marine science at Savannah State University. Um, and just really like kicked off our friendship there and kind of our love of the outdoors um, and the rest is history. Uh, well, hi, I'm, I'm Yair. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I'm currently a master's student in the Department of Geography at Texas A&M University in College Station. Um, but yeah, that's, that's more or less how, how we met. So you both just mentioned that you are in the sustainability field, both hoping to work in the sustainability field. So how did you each become interested in sustainability and what is your motivation behind your passion for sustainability? Um, so I think early on, I just had a general interest in the environment. Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up uh, in a home surrounded by forests and rivers and farms. So I had a lot of early interactions with nature and wildlife. And I think that forges a connection between myself and my surrounding environment. Nowadays though, I find myself being motivated by the work that I do in my work environment. Um, the last four years I've been doing academic research. And the last two I've been for my master's thesis where I'm doing a study in the Arctic, I'm looking at the relationship between uh, permafrost, which is uh, frozen subsurface material and rivers and how rivers evolve. And in that space, I've met a lot of great scientists and researchers who are really passionate about the earth and the various processes um, and how these processes are changing due to climate change and human actions. Um, so when that's your uh, environment for four years, every single day, you're constantly reminded of how rapidly things are changing and the various roles that we all play. So I think collectively um, that motivates me now to try to live as sustainable as I can. Um, I am by no means the best, but uh, definitely motivates me to try to live in harmony with my surrounding environment. Yeah, so um, kind of bouncing off of what Yair said, he's very much in like the scientific realm and I feel like I'm kind of in the policy realm. Um, my interest in the environment kind of came from, or sustainability came from that uh, kind of classic story of like I grew up camping, I grew up really exposed to nature. Um, and I originally, you know, when I started college, wanted to go into the medical field because I really wanted to help people. And I never really thought that I could, you know, turn my care of the environment into like a profession. Um, but I think, you know, as I was exploring the medical field, I was realizing it wasn't quite the right fit for me, um, but I wanted to find a way to really take care of people. Um, and once I went to college, I kind of got exposed to the idea of sustainability and environmental sustainability outside of it even being like a STEM discipline. Um, and that, you know, we could help make our world a better place through practicing sustainability. And so I think I've really found kind of my motivation there and just wanting to, to make the world a better place for people. Um, and that's kind of what motivates me to this day. I think it's so amazing that you both work in the sustainability field and that it's a shared passion between the two of you. I feel like a lot of couples out there, there's probably one person who might care about sustainability and is always constantly having to try and convince the other person to 
follow the same passions that they have. So I think that's a really cool aspect to your relationships. Since you both work in the sustainability field, how does sustainability translate into your relationship and into your personal life and maybe the decisions that you both have to make together? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I my, I have kind of a joke that we sort of have a very unsustainable relationship um, <laughs> because <laughs> we've been long distance the whole time we've been dating. Um, and so, I don't know, that's just like a small part of it, but I always think about how we have to fly to see each other and like mm -hmm. that's just a huge tax on the environment. But it's one of those things that I think made me realize like how you can't be so like strict about sustainability in your life because there are things like that that are just going to be so important to you and I would never for forego being able to see year um, just you know reduce my carbon footprint and so <laughs> that's just kind of a side story but um, I feel like you know environmentalism and sustainability comes up a lot in our relationship in a lot of little ways we um, obviously both really enjoy spending time outdoors so that's like a shared passion for us and then um, we often have discussions around like our different, like I think lifestyle habits, like I'm very into recycling. Um, and so that's something I've been able to share with Yair. Uh, and then we also have some bigger conversations around environmental sustainability. Like we, we've been talking recently about where we would want to settle if we you know, had a family one day and how we have to think about climate change uh, when making that decision, because my family, for example, is in California, which is really impacted by the fires. And then Yair's family is in Houston, which is really impacted by hurricanes and flooding quite often. Um, and so we, we've had to kind of take it into account with some of those more serious life decisions. But I think it's been, it's kind of a blessing in a way to, to be with someone that you can talk about those things with. I think it's definitely a new topic that, or a new conversation that couples our age are having to talk about or are having to consider. I know that our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation most likely never had to consider where they were going to settle down or where they wanted to raise a family because of climate change. So I think that's definitely something that the younger audience is going to relate to because I hear that conversation come up a lot amongst people in our generation and the next generation who's about to graduate, even when it comes to do they even want to have kids or start a family because of the risks of climate change. For any couples who are listening or people who are in relationships, what advice would you give to couples out there who want to try and become more sustainable together? For us, it's a little multi-layered just because she kind of already had a, a little bit of a background in it and I didn't, as well as kind of cultural differences between our, our families. Um, so how do we bridge that? We just kind of talked it out, right? More or less. I think so. I think it's been like a learning experience for both of us because like you said, I think that we just came from really different worlds. Um, the joke I think I was telling earlier <laughs> to hear about like I used to be like, I need to have like only electric vehicles and Sierra's always wanted a truck. <laughs> so like <laughs> coming to compromises over little things like that uh, has been really interesting, I think for us. Can you talk about some of the cultural differences that you just hit on a little bit? I think the first thing that comes to mind is food culture. Uh, my family is obsessed with food and we do eat a lot of meat. So 
Gene being vegetarian when we first met was uh, a little challenging when it came to like big family lunches or big family dinners. So that's something that we've had to like discuss and find something that works for both of us and kind of combine both of our backgrounds and, and uh, create a new one for our relationship. Yeah, I'll add to that. Um, so when I, when Yara and I first met each other, I was like a very strict vegetarian, like I didn't eat any meat. Um, and we were debating whether or not this is like a good thing to share, but I probably stopped being a vegetarian because we started dating because I felt like I was missing out on sharing experiences with his family because they have so many, like, I, I feel like food is so um, important to them and important to them in their gatherings that I wanted to share with them, you know, all of these different dishes that you wanted to, sh to show me and I wasn't able to do so because I wasn't eating meat at the time. Um, and so I kind of have like become less strict on that so that I can participate in that experience with them. I think that's a great story to share because there's no such thing, obviously, as being perfectly sustainable. And it's all about finding the ways that sustainability fits into your own life. So thank you for sharing that. I feel like a lot of people will really relate to that and maybe be put, put at ease from hearing that story if they feel the pressure to be perfectly sustainable, because obviously that just doesn't exist. For the last question, I wanted to ask, what is something that makes you both feel hopeful right now? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, mine is very, I feel like, <laughs> kind of silly, but I've been feeling really hopeful lately because it's been, it's spring, it's sunny outside. Um, I feel like, you know, and, and I guess it is kind of tied to like the fact that I feel like vaccines are starting to be distributed. Like I just feel like we're turning a new leaf um, kind of collectively in, uh, in our world right now. And so it just makes me really excited for the future. So this one's a little bit more personal, but I'm, I'm hopeful and excited because my academic career, at least for the foreseeable future is coming to a close, which means I can finally focus on uh, Gina and I kind of combining our lives together and closing the gap. So I'm hopeful to finish my thesis, hopefully get published in an academic journal, fingers crossed. Um, and then, yeah, just moving in with Jean and kind of starting our lives together. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, that was very sweet. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all about your relationship and how you implement sustainability into your personal lives. And thank you both for the work that you are doing in your professional lives as well. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Jacob. Julia, welcome to Hopefully Sustainable. Tell us who you are, a little bit about your relationship and where you are located. I'm Julia. Um, you and I met at UGA. We were in the same service sorority. Um, so I'm originally from Georgia and went to the University of Georgia for undergrad in exercise science. Um, and then I went to grad school at MUSC in South Carolina to study occupational therapy. So I graduated this past year um, and moved out to Fort Collins to live with my partner, Connor. Um, and I'm, now I'm a practicing occupational therapist, yay. <laughs> um, but he's getting his PhD in statistics at CSU. So that's what brought us out here to Colorado. Um, but he and I have been together for 10 years. Um, so we started dating in high school through college and then we were long distance for two years while we were, or while I, while I was in grad school. 
Um, and now I'm out here. So we've been living together for about six months now. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about us. Yeah, that's amazing to be so young. You guys have been through so much of life yeah. together already. <laughs> yeah, we really have kind of grown up together, which has been a, a cool part of it. Yeah, definitely. So I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording and you were telling me that you are definitely the one that is a little more motivated to be sustainable in your personal mm -hmm. life. So I'm interested, where did your interest in sustainability come from and how did you realize the importance of being sustainable? Yeah, so my partner Connor and I are both from rural West Georgia. So growing up, my family would kind of recycle on and off, um, but sustainability was certainly not a focus, I would say. Um, we rarely heard about it at school. Um, and even when my family did recycle, we don't have any kind of curbside service. So mm -hmm. we would have to drive 10 minutes to go drop it off at the um, recycling center by the dump. So it was never, it was always something that we kind of tried to do when I was younger as, you know, as far as recycling, but, you know, the overarching theme of sustainability was kind of lacking, I guess, <laughs> where I grew up. Um, so when I went to UGA, I have always kind of been interested in sustainability just because I grew up in the woods and really enjoy being around nature. Um, and at Georgia, I just was a lot more immersed in people who cared about sustainability and people who knew way more than me about sustainability. Um, and so I kind of just learned through friends, um, learned through organizations and just being at events that had, you know, recycling receptacles was like totally new from where I went to school in high school. So um, just kind of being a little bit more immersed in it in undergrad got me really interested in it. And then these last, I would say five or six years, I've just gotten more interested in reading blogs. I read Megan McSherry's blog a lot, the activism. Yeah. Um, and I follow Tiny Yellow Bungalow, which you have interviewed also. Um, so just reading different people's, you know, takes on sustainability and ways that they make changes in their life just over the last five or six years has really gotten me even more interested in it. Um, but kind of to your point, yeah, Connor is not quite as <laughs> interested in it. Um, he, it's certainly, you know, being sustainable is something that he understands is important, but not necessarily that he's, you know, seeking out ways to make change. Um, I think a big part of that though is because he is still in school. He's a PhD student. So a lot of it for him is the financial aspect of it. So, you know, sometimes being sustainable can be more expensive, unfortunately, um, you know, especially in, you know, if you have to buy new clothes, you know, if you're, if you can't find what you're looking for thrifting, sometimes more sustainable companies are more expensive than what you could just find um, easily around town. Um, so yes, I definitely have, before we moved in together, I had already made some changes um, to try to be a little bit more sustainable in the home. And then once we moved in together, we've had to kind of, um, you know, compromise and kind of give and take and figure out what's going to work for both of us. Um, because it's just at the end of the day, I've found it's not going to be successful if it's something that I'm pushing and he's just not at all interested in, you know, trying. Um, but I think a couple big wins lately <laughs> have been uh, composting. So I've always really been interested in composting, but kind of overwhelmed about how to do it. 
so I, when I moved to Fort Collins, I joined the Share Waste app where oh, you yeah. can find, yeah, it's, have you used it before? Yeah, there's not a ton of locations actually in Atlanta, yeah. but um, Jesse from Tiny Yellow Bungalow is actually the one who introduced me to that mm -hmm. app. Yeah, I have a friend that introduced it to me and I had a similar experience. I knew about it when I was in Georgia, but there weren't very many places where you could bring food scraps. And I was a little overwhelmed to actually start composting myself. Mm -hmm. But when I moved out to Colorado, there are a ton of homes just within like a five, 10 mile radius of my house that compost. So we, I had, you know, broached the subject with Connor that I really wanted to try composting. And there was this app where I, we could bring our food scraps to someone else. Cause he was really grossed out about the idea of collecting our food and like having it in the backyard. Um, and so I kind of, you know, we kind of talked it out and I had mentioned that we could freeze the scraps in the freezer so that they don't smell. And then I could deliver them to, you know, the different sites nearby so that we didn't have to deal with the actual composting part of it. Um, but then for Christmas, he got me a composter. <laughs> so we since started composting. Um, and now we have uh, our compost bin is under our sink. So it's out of sight. You can't, it doesn't smell or anything because I take it out every week too. Um, and we just have a composter kind of tucked away in the corner of our backyard. Um, so that's been a really cool thing to see that he wasn't interested in at all. <laughs> and then, you know, as we kind of talked it out and figured out ways to make it a little less gross to him maybe and kind of normalize it a little bit, he's kind of gotten into it. And now when we have friends over and we cook together, they all know to put their scraps in the composter. So and that's been a really cool part of it too. Yeah, that's such a great example of, I feel like the domino effect of sustainability is when mm -hmm. one person starts doing something, then it's introduced to other people around them. And it's just a really great way to convince other people that sustainability right. is important by seeing how you implement it into your own personal life. And I love to hear that even though Connor might have been a little iffy about certain parts of sustainability, mm -hmm. it sounds like he is very supportive of your passion for sustainability, which is really nice to hear. Yeah, you mentioned how you have to make certain compromises. And I wanted to ask you, how do you go about making compromises or having conversations around different topics or subjects related to sustainability that you might want to pursue or might be more interested in than he is? Yeah, so actually about a week or two ago, I broached the topic that I've, I've been wanting to try being a little bit more sustainable in um, the way we wash dishes. Um, I really wanted to try that block dish soap, um, the one that comes like, you know, plastic free packaging and everything. Um, and I the kitchen is just, you know, one of those places that we we both cook and we both kind of share the responsibilities in the kitchen. So it's a perfect place to try to make some small changes that can incorporate, you know, our like e that we could easily incorporate into our lifestyle. Um, so I had brought up the topic to him and I just normally just word it as, you know, I really want to do X, Y, Z. So I said, I really want to try this block dish soap would you be at all interested in that? And just kind of gauge it. <laughs> and he said, no, <laughs> he said, I like the way we do it now. And he normally, I'll admit, washes dishes more. He'll probably be excited that I said that, but so it's kind of more his domain maybe. Um, and so he said, no, I do not want to do that. I like the way we have it now. Um, 
And so what we do do right now is we buy one of those massive, um, you know, Dawn dish detergents um, so that we're not buying those small plastic containers over and over. Mm -hmm. And then we just refill a smaller container that we have so it fits on the sink better. So he had kind of already made a compromise with that. And he was like, we're reducing the plastic that we're using. You know, I like it the way it is. And so then I just dialed back <laughs> and I said, okay, well, what about a dish sponge that's compostable? Would you be interested in something like that? Because right now we're using dish sponges that we have just purchased like forever ago mm -hmm. um, and they're almost out. And he said, okay, yeah, I, I, as long as they work well and they're not too expensive, I'd be willing to try that. So that's usually kind of how it goes. I'll, you know, bring up like the topic, gauge the interest <laughs> and then kind of, you know, go back to maybe a smaller change or something that's a little less different than what we're already doing and see if he's willing to do that. And normally he's, normally we can find a compromise pretty easily by doing it that way. Um, and I found too, like with the composting, I mean, who knows, maybe he'll never want to change the dish soap, but you know, after changing the sponge, maybe he'll be like, oh, well, we could try it now because the sponge isn't so bad. But yeah, it's just a lot of kind of introducing the idea and then kind of discussing, you know, a lot of it is money for him. So discussing ways that we can make it cheaper, make it more affordable and just trying to figure out ways where I can be happy because it's a little bit more sustainable and he can be happy because it's not breaking the bank or changing his whole entire routines or habits. Um, but I was pretty proud of him the other day. Actually, we use reusable Ziploc baggies, which I've used for a couple of years now. Um, and he and I both buy meat in bulk and then freeze it in the fridge, but we put them in baggies and, you know, meal size portions. And he had been doing it in Ziploc, you know, plastic Ziploc baggies before mm -hmm. I moved in. And when I moved in, I was like, we have to put an end to this. <laughs> so I was trying to convince him to use reusable baggies. Um, so finally he kind of decided because the re reusable baggies I do have, I've had for almost three years and haven't had to buy it anymore. And none of them have broken. Um, so that kind of convinced him, okay, this is a long-term investment. <laughs> so we now put all of our meat in those reusable baggies. And I, really like to eat cheese sticks for lunch because I I'm in home health um, as a therapist so I drive to patients houses throughout the day so I usually eat lunch on the go and a cheese stick is perfect because it's just so easy to eat while you're driving um, and he pointed out to me Connor said you know all these cheese sticks that you're eating are covered in plastic they come in plastic packaging you're being kind of hypocritical eating these <laughs> cheese sticks and so I said, you know, you're not wrong, but I, you know, you can't eat like string cheese in the car. I don't want to bring a whole block of cheese. And so he actually brought up, he's like, what if we bought one of those bulk block blocks of cheese, cut it into cheese stick, you know, sizes, and then put them in our reusable baggies. So I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> I thought that was an awesome suggestion. So we've been doing that for a couple of months now, and it's really reduced our plastic a lot. And that was his idea. So that was Wow. Great. You're a sustainable influencer in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm trying. <laughs> I love that. Well, I feel like a lot of times it's about overcoming the inconvenience and mm -hmm. that is where sustainability can be challenging for a lot of people but right. those small steps really do add up to make a big difference and it seems like you really are having an impact by making those small changes and you know it might not happen the first time like with the dish soap but you might get your way there one day <laughs> right <laughs> do you have any advice for couples who 
are maybe just starting out on their sustainability journey of maybe just small changes that they can make in the beginning? Yeah, so I think the main thing really is just keeping in mind that you're one person, you can only do so much. Sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed of, oh my gosh, if I can't convince Connor of, you know, switching to reusable paper towels or something, then, you know, the world's going to end. But just trying to keep in perspective that small changes do make a difference. You don't have to do it all at once. Um, and just starting somewhere where it's not so much a change of habit or a routine, but maybe just a slight change in what you use, like the compostable sponge that it really isn't going to affect the way that we wash dishes at all. It's just what we're using and what we do with it afterwards. Um, so I think making changes like that is just a really good way to get started because it's something small. You're, you are making a difference, even though sometimes it might not feel like it. Um, and it's much more doable than, you know, suddenly composting and taking a bunch of people's scraps and using that in your in your garden um but just starting small and then also just having the grace to forgive one another if you're not willing to make a compromise on something um because at the end of the day you know sustainability isn't going to work unless everybody's on board and everybody is happy and in agreement with the decisions that you're making within the household so i think just having you know, that relationship with your partner to be able to discuss and be open about what you're really not willing to compromise on and what you are is really a good way to start too, because it helps kind of put into perspective, okay, what's, what's actually doable for us as a couple and as a team, um, because you do have to work together to make it work. <laughs> In a way, you have to make sustainability sustainable for the relationship. Right. Yeah, I like that. So thank you so much for sharing that story and all the different ways that as a couple you're being sustainable. I feel like a lot of listeners are going to relate to your situation because a lot of times when I hear from couples, it's normally one person who's always trying to convince the other. So I think you gave some really great advice for how people can broach the topic in their own relationships. And before I let you go, I wanted to ask, what is one thing that you are hopeful about right now? Okay, I knew you're gonna ask me this because I listen to the podcast all the time, so I have some time to think. Um, I think it doesn't seem, you know, like a sustainable thing to be hopeful for, but it'll circle back. But I'm really hopeful right now, just by how many people are getting the vaccine in healthcare and specifically in home health. I work a lot with older adults, and these last few weeks, it feels like almost all of my patients have been able to get the vaccine. Um, which has been really great. But during the pandemic, it's really just been frustrating to see all the disposable masks that are on the side of the road. A week ago, we went to the Rockies and I was looking out over an overlook and I think I saw five masks just down below, like 20 feet down that had blown off in the wind or someone had dropped. Um, and it's just one of those things that's a necessary evil right now with the pandemic, but it's just going to be so nice <laughs> when we don't have to use one use items like that. Um, and I think everybody getting their vaccine is gonna be a really big part of that. Um, so that's really giving me hope right now because even though in the pandemic, sustainability is maybe not in the forefront of our mind, it's definitely making some negative impacts on our, on our earth right now. So it'll be nice when I'm not seeing masks on the side of the road anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
I totally agree with that. It is frustrating because like you said, we have to wear them right now, mm -hmm. but at the same time, just make sure you're properly disposing of them once you're done using them. Right, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation yeah. and I think it's going to help out a lot of couples out there who are trying to become more sustainable together. So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Thanks, it's been so fun. Mackenzie and Ethan are joining me here today. Some of you might recognize Mackenzie from a previous episode, the Powerful Ladies of Sustainability episode. And today she is joined by her boyfriend, Ethan. So I'm excited to talk to you both. Can you introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about your relationship and where you are located. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Jinko, so much for having us again. We're super excited. Mm -hmm. um, my name is Mackenzie Light. Um, I'm Ethan Barentine. <laughs> uh, we're both in the uh, Atlanta area, and we have been dating for eight years, actually, as of last week. So, long time. A little while. <laughs> oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm interested to hear. So obviously, Mackenzie is one of my close friends. So I know that she is extremely passionate about sustainability. But can you tell me a little bit about how each of you became interested in sustainability? And how does it fit into your relationship? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, so it's kind of one of the things we bonded over when we first met. So um, we both had kind of an appreciation for the land, so we started hiking together, um, and it kind of progressed from there. I think um, in a relationship, it's kind of nice if you're both passionate about it, because you can kind of hold each other accountable in like a loving way, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That does that does cover a lot of it. Um, we're both uh, kind of have a crunchy, outdoorsy background, and so um, I'd say that Mackenzie is... Um, I'd say that she might be a little more active in terms of sustainability. She does a lot of stuff in terms of uh, recycling and she, it seems like she reads into a lot of sustainability things. And in fact, in, when she was in college, she, she dug through trash for a study for the office of sustainability where she, oh, where yeah. she interned at. So Jacob she, helped me with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, she has a very active role and um, I, I, I'm, maybe have a little bit more of a passive or more of an outdoor focused role in in that sense um i like to focus on the leave no trace aspects like i do a lot of hiking camping mountain biking and whenever i go out i'm i, I just try to minimize my impact and uh pick up litter along the trails um just 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 sorts of things like that so we we kind of we're both focused on it and we both like she said kind of hold ourselves accountable um for better or for worse, but uh, we also have our own different little, um, our, our own, yeah, our own strengths and uh, ways that we show our love for, I guess, conservation. Yeah, I've heard a lot recently. I feel like the conversation is growing around the leave no trace that you just mentioned. And I know a lot of couples who are interested in sustainability are also very active in the outdoors. And that's one of the things that they enjoy doing together. Can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe? how you guys try to live by that motto when you guys are enjoying your outdoor activities together. Yeah, totally. So I think um, this is an interesting topic, especially uh, in 2020 and 2021, because it was a big year for the national parks, you know, um, people were trapped inside. And I think getting outside was um, like a new venture for a lot of people this year, because it was more of a safe activity to do um, during the pandemic. So 
I think it's it's a lot of being prepared when you go outdoors. So making sure that you can minimize the amount of disposables you have, um, less to pack out. That definitely helps. So only bring what you need. That way, there's less possibility for you leaving something behind. I think that's a very good point. And also, um, with the pandemic, like she said, uh, the number of people that seem to be transitioning or moving into the outdoor industry as a form of recreation seems to have exploded exponentially, um, especially, uh, like I said, we live in the Southeast and I do a lot of uh, recreating in the Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina. And um, once those forests opened back up, there were there were so many people out there, um, like there's some X patch near uh, Asheville was, was shown to have record numbers of people there. And so I think while you're also out there, if there are other people on the trail, kind of being a steward and in, in a sense trying to do some education, especially for people that are less knowledgeable or newer with with these sorts of practices, because um, they're not always particularly intuitive. Um, so uh, I, I think that's important if, if there's a way that you can do that while you're out there. Outside of hiking and all of your outdoor activities, what are some ways that you are sustainable in your personal lives or are there any ways that together you guys work towards being more sustainable? I know Ethan mentioned Mackenzie is really into recycling and mm -hmm. um, some other sustainable activities like that. So how do you work on those types of things together as a couple? Um, I think I talked about this last time I was on the podcast, but one fun thing is trying to figure out what you can do with the stuff you already have. So that could be in terms of what you have in your closet, in terms of what you have in your fridge. So if you, you know, it's the end of the week, it's Thursday, you've kind of gone through all your meals and you have a bunch of weird ingredients in your fridge. It can be a fun game and kind of a fun activity together to see how you can create a meal out of it. You know, <laughs> most of the time it's pretty good too. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's one thing. Another, another fun activity could be challenging each other to reuse things. So um, we love this brand of ice cream specifically be because it comes in a reusable container. So, you know, we'll get the, the ice cream and then afterward we get jars to propagate our plants and it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun to, to seek those items out together. And then I guess in another sense, maybe in terms of less, consumption, I suppose, um, at least in the case of myself, um, like I said, she's very active about it, but whenever I'm looking to do any sort of big purchase or anything, or if I have some old equipment or gear, um, I'll look at it very closely and do research to see one, do I need a new product? Could I repurpose something else that I have? Um, and if something, I have something that's getting old or maybe a disrepair, can I fix it before, before I try, you know, go out and buy a new one. So that kind of helps the you know, the first R is reduce. So um, that's, that's kind of a big part of it. Yeah, I love that because I feel like it's about finding how sustainability fits into your lifestyle and into the things that you do. So even though you might not be doing the exact same sustainable actions, you're finding the ways that it fits into the activities and lifestyle that you're already living, which is really important. And I love how you talked about Mackenzie bringing fun into the relationship when it comes to sustainability because I know a lot of times it can be about overcoming um, challenges or inconvenience when it comes to sustainability which can be challenging at times so to bring some fun into it and make it into sort of a game is really a good idea I think. For any couples who are listening or people who are in relationships do you have any advice for couples on how they can be more sustainable together? Yeah, totally. I think 
the the most important thing for for you to remember is that it's about progress and not perfection. So um, I think for a lot of people, it seems really daunting and it's a scary topic, you know, climate change and a lot of it um, feels really negative. So, and, and kind of, you get the feeling that you're not able to make a difference. So why try? So I think it's all about just making those small changes together too. So again, you know, shared accountability definitely helps. And if you make it something that you can kind of bond over and get closer with, that's even better. For the last question, I wanted to ask what you both are hopeful about. Oh, what a great question. Okay, first, Jacob, this is why I love your podcast, because whenever I listen to it, I always feel hopeful at the end. So oh. um, I, I'm sure I'm going to echo what a lot of people are feeling right now, but definitely um, to kind of reach what the new normal is going to be. Um, I'm really hopeful to be close to people again, to gather in crowds, and that's coming from an introvert, so <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> it's been a long time so you know the vaccine um and and kind of reaching new achievements in public health and i guess for me what i'm hopeful with uh the past couple of years have not been that great in terms of conversation or conservation of our uh, public lands in america and um it, it seems like things may be maybe changing in that sense so uh, i'm hopeful for the state of our public lands throughout the country Yes, definitely. I echo both of those hopes. I'm very hopeful to return to whatever our new normal is going to be. And I hope that includes a focus on sustainability like you just mentioned, Ethan. So thank you so much to both of you for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I just love hearing from couples who are both incorporating sustainability into the relationship, especially in such a fun way. So thank you for sharing all of your advice today for all of the couples listening. Thanks for having us. Yeah, totally. Thanks. It's been fun. Yeah. Kat, welcome to Hopefully Sustainable. I first want to give a quick shout out. Kat just landed her first real job in the sustainability field. So I'm excited to have another friend in the sustainability field. First, Kat, tell us a little bit about your relationship. Introduce yourself and tell us where you are calling from. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jaco. Um, so I am calling from Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, and I know Jaco from high school and um, she's basically my best friend. So um, I'm very excited to be on the podcast today. Um, so Noah and I, Noah is my husband and we started dating in high school and then dated throughout college. And then um, recently got married about a year and a half ago. So we moved out to Fort Collins last summer um, for a job that he got out here. And then I recently got a job working in sustainability um, in Fort Collins. Um, so yeah, we're very excited to be in Colorado and out here and we're very much looking forward to warmer weather. <laughs> yes, I bet. I know you guys just got a huge snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. So you are currently recovering from that. <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask, as I just mentioned, and you just talked about a little bit, you just got your first full-time job in the sustainability field. So were you and Noah both interested in sustainability when you met, or is that something that kind of developed over time in your relationship? Yeah, so I think it's definitely something that developed more throughout our relationship, because for me, I like view my journey to sustainability more of like big picture and like pursuing a job in sustainability so that I could have an impactful job and make a difference in the world. And I think for Noah, it was more 
um, of like implementing sustainable practices into his own life, which for me, I think that took a little bit longer to get into that. And I think that by being friends with you, Jaco, and then also dating him, that I kind of just like picked up different practices from the two of you almost. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I'm pursuing a job in this field. So maybe I should start trying to implement these things into my own life. What are some of the practices or individual habits that you guys have in your personal life that you have implemented to try and be more sustainable? Yeah. So I think that one thing for sure is like definitely using a lot of reusable containers. So like I have a water bottle that I take everywhere with me and like we never buy plastic water bottles, which is really funny because like growing up, my parents would always buy like the 12 pack of like water and the Ziploc bags for like our school lunches. And like we never buy the water bottles and we only will buy the Ziploc bags for some, sometimes for hiking or like biking, it's just easier to have them. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically we're like, we have a lot of containers that we've just like gotten as gifts and things like wedding gifts, but also we save a lot of different things. So we have like pesto jars and then the Talenti ice cream jars or the plastic ones are like really great for like food storage. Um, So yeah, it's, it's cool to be able to like, know you're like reusing these and not just like going through all these different like plastic bags. I know you and Noah are both really big on bike commuting and alternative transportation as well. And it's something that you both enjoy doing together. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So I think that we are fortunate enough now like to be in a place that has like really great bike transportation. And in Atlanta, it was like a little bit harder to get around because they, they're they not, I don't know, there's just not as many bike lanes and safe places to ride. But out here, like you can, we can get anywhere by bike or walking if we want to. Um, so I love it because you, you feel better like driving or like going around the city versus like driving. Um, and it's like a fun way to get to like church or the store. Um, I will say that like, as it's been colder, it's harder to be motivated to like get out on your bike. Um, so I'm looking forward to the spring and the summer so we can bike more places. When it comes to hearing about new sustainable habits that you may want to introduce into your life, how does that conversation work between you and Noah? And how do you figure out what you want to do together and what's going to work for your specific relationship? Yeah. So as I like mentioned before, I feel like my journey to sustainability was like a little bit more like pursuing a job in it. Um, but for Noah, I think it was like, he was already doing these different sustainable practices in his life. So I think for me, I kind of just like tagged on to those, um, especially like as we got married and moved in together, it was a lot of habits that he already had. Um, and it made more sense for, for me to try to embrace them versus like not try them. Um, So an example would be like, he was already composting and I had never done that because I lived in a sorority house. So it didn't, it didn't make sense for me. Um, So I've learned a lot about composting and now it's just like a part of our daily life. Um, And then like for new things, I think the conversation, like one of us would bring up an idea and then we would decide if it's something 
like we could do um because like we're renting a house right now so it's not like everything we think of we can do um and then we would try it out and if we like it we would keep doing it and if not then we would try something different out of curiosity do you find that these sustainable habits help you save money at all i know being young we're always just constantly trying to save money and be conscious of our finances so do you think that the sustainable practices you and Noah implement on a daily basis help in a financial way at all? Yeah, I definitely think so. And honestly, I think sometimes the reason, like the reasons for like that Noah wants to try these new things is to save money. So for like the bike commuting, if we're not bike commuting, we actually like just got a new car and we got a Prius. And the reason we got the Prius was because of the savings on gas mileage. And um, so, yeah, I definitely think that being more sustainable is cost saving. And like the same thing with the reusable Tupperware. It's like you're not having to buy like bags and and things all the time from the grocery store. For all of the couples and people out there listening, what advice would you give on how you can become more sustainable together as a couple? Yeah, I think that it's definitely easier when both of you are interested in it and willing to try. Um, So my advice would be for the couples that it's like one person who's not as interested um, would like just to be open-minded about it. And you can always try something. And if you don't like it, you don't have to continue with it. Um, And then for the person who is more interested in sustainability, I would encourage them to, to just kind of be more of a role model and like implement those habits in their own life. And then hopefully the other person will see the difference that's making and then want to like be a part of that journey. Yeah, that's great advice. I feel like a lot of times with sustainability, one of the best ways to get other people to be sustainable is by them watching your example and by you leading by example. So I think that's definitely really great advice if someone's maybe not quite on board, just continue with your habit and show them how it could potentially work for their own lifestyle. For the last question, I wanted to ask you what you are hopeful about right now. So I'm sure a lot of people have given a similar answer to this, um, but I'm very hopeful that a lot of people are getting vaccinated and that there is more of an end that we can see versus like last year we just kept wondering like when is this going to end um so i'm hopeful that maybe the summer will be a little bit more normal and things can go back to how they were before um but also with um with covid and everything we've been through in the past year i also think that there will be a lot of positive change out of it so for example i think that like the company i just started working for like realizes that work-life balance is really important and a lot of people have enjoyed working from home and they might be more open to that in the future. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful to see like the good things that come out of this past year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm very excited about getting vaccinated so I can come out to Colorado and finally see where you and Noah are living. But Kat, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all about how sustainability fits into your relationship with Noah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.